0: Welcome to the Medical Receptionist Network podcast show. I'm your host, Siobhan Atkins. Join us as we discuss the importance of clerical and administrative roles and their impact on the healthcare industry. I'd like to welcome a special guest today on our show, Ms. Karen Atkins. She is a licensed practical nurse, and she is also my mother. And I'm so excited to have her on today so we can kind of get a different perspective about different clerical roles in healthcare as they relate to nursing and how they work together in, um, you know, whether it's hospital situations or other uh, facility uh, situations. So mom? Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for joining us today. So I usually ask a few questions just to get everyone familiar. With who we're speaking with, and we have our special guest, especially on a day like today, where it is the first of August. It's so we're so excited. We have our new intro, and so um, we're going to go ahead and get right into it. Uh, so, can you tell everyone how long um, how long you've worked in healthcare, and um, when did you get started, or why did you get started rather?
1: Well, I've been in healthcare for. Thirty-two years,
0: thirty years yeah.
1: as a nurse, and two years as a nurse's aide while I was going to nursing school. Nursing is just something I always wanted to do ever since I was young.
0: I love. So it was always people. it was always something that you wanted to do growing up. Yeah, yeah, that's great because not everyone gets to do what they you know gets to be what they <laughs> thought they would be when they were young as, as an adult. So that's wonderful that you have had such a long. Career in healthcare. So, can you tell us what uh, specialties you've worked with and what kind of setting you're, you're working in now?
1: When I started out, I was, well, as a state, nurse's aide, I was in, in a nursing home with, you know, geriatric patients. And my nursing, when I started out, I was in the hospital setting on the med surge floor. And there was a lot of orthopedics also on the med surge floor that I was on. I'm currently now in a nursing home. I've done a little bit of home care for a short period of time. I think that's
0: about it. So now you're now you're in a long term care setting. And um, I know in so let's go back a little bit. So when you were working um, in the hospital and you were doing the the med surge, you worked alongside with um, a lot of unit secretaries. Is that is that correct?
1: Yes, in the hospital setting, we usually had one
0: clerk. And so what what was their role, or ha- how were you able to communicate with them? What what was, um, you know, their, the strength that they had or the, the responsibilities that they had that would directly relate to what you were doing and how, you know, how they could help you?
1: They made a, a huge impact, actually, especially if you have a really good one. I mean, it makes your work so much easier. They... You know, they're in charge of getting all the, like, the forms that you would need, any okay. paperwork you would need. They answer the phones, which you know takes up a lot of time.
0: Right, right, um, right.
1: Um, if a doctor needs a form, you know, they're able to provide that. They also would set up um, appointments and make appointments.
0: For, for patients who needed um, other CAT scans, with things like that? Service, yeah. Okay. And so what, what would determine, I hate to say good versus bad, but what would make, um, it, in your experience, a unit secretary, people that you work with stand out as far as what they did great, um, as opposed to, you know, what does it look like when you're working with someone who maybe is not fulfilling the position or the role a hundred percent.
1: Well, I guess in any profession, some people just don't, some people go above and beyond, you know, and some people just do the bare minimum and maybe not even everything that they're supposed to do.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. So just basically having someone who's on top of things and, and, you know, what, what, okay. So if I was, cause I've, that's something I've never done. I've never been a unit secretary in a hospital. So if I was in that position and, um, what kind of things should I pick up on um, that you think come naturally to someone who is really good in that position? So do they, like if I come in for my shift, should I be looking at um, the roster of, of patients or, you know, is there is there a resource or a reference point for a unit secretary when they come on the floor to kind of know where everyone's at and what's happening that day? Well, yeah. I mean,
1: you know, they should know, you know, the census, you know, know how many, um you know patients or residents whatever you know depending on the facility Mm -hmm. you're in Um, right right, right. who who you're working with you know so you can communicate
0: right so knowing what staff is on what other nurses what uh, what other physicians are on on call for the evening and just kind of all those those important things that while it seems like it may not take up a lot of time when you need something in a hurry it's extremely important for you to say hey you know, can you contact Dr. Encore or can you um, get the other nurse you have an emergency or things like that? Is that kind of what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's cool. So now in, in, in the uh, nursing home setting, are they referred to as unit secretaries there also? Yeah. Okay. Unit and is the, role, is the role the same or is it a little different because there's less of a turnover of, of patients?
1: Um, it's different in the nursing, in the long-term care and nursing home. and the facility I'm in right now, there's only one, you know, for the whole facility. It's not like one per floor or one per every two floors.
0: Oh, wow. So, so that's a pretty hefty yeah. job. Yeah. Okay.
1: So they're, you know, they have to, like, have all the charts in order for the whole facility. And when the charts need to be reduced, they have to reduce all the charts. You know, it's a lot.
0: Okay. But do they also still have that responsibility of phone answering and, and um, producing forms and, and documentation that, that's needed for for the nurse or for the patient? Do they still have that responsibility, or is it kind of a more um, kind of a self-contained role where they just come in and they know, okay, I have to do X, Y, and Z, or is it kind of an on-demand It's job? a lot of
1: self-contained, you know. Sometimes we you know we won't even see her or him for okay. you know for a long period of time, but they do still provide us with the forms, you know, and if we need something or for short of something, we can always call. As far as answering phones, they're you know they're in their own office, so they have their own office, and then they have a little cart. They come around with with charts and stuff when they're coming to the on the units, but
0: okay.
1: yeah. As far as answering the phones, that's our job.
0: Okay. Okay, so that's good. So since you answer phones, that's an administrative task. So what is um, when you answer the phones? Because I'm I'm big on um, good message taking. What are some of the key pieces of information you need to obtain when you answer the phone? Whether it's you know, well I guess we'll stay we'll stay on the clinical side. So when you answer a call, what are what are some of the first things you get before there's any chance of the call being disconnected or an emergency or anything? What's the, what are the first things that you want to know when you answer that phone?
1: Who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. First of all, I tell them who I am and what unit I'm on. But the, where I'm at, where I work now, the phones, you know, the calls get diverted if someone doesn't answer on the if, if it's after hours and there's no um, operator. then okay. just diverted To the floors and. And it, you know, it depends who will pick up. It could be for the second floor, but somebody on the third floor will pick up the phone.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: First, you got to find out who you're talking to, and you know what exactly is it that I can help them with. Okay.
0: Okay. And do you guys have a message system um, in your facility now that's electronic, or do you do hand messages, or does it just depend on what it's about?
1: Um, we email. We, we have, you know, everyone has their personal email.
0: Okay. So the the in office.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there's a main, you know, like a message board on, on the, you know, on a computer.
0: Okay. Okay, so you guys have the all message board and portal and all on all that. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's good. So now as far as a, a team work um, aspect in the nursing home, what does what a, a team look like? Is it a nurse, a CNA, your unit secretary, or is it just kind of, um, can you just give us a little bit of what that looks like?
1: In the long term care, where I work anyway, um, the team, your direct team consists of you, see, you have your CNAs, your nurses, you have a supervisor, nursing supervisor, um, unit manager.
0: Okay.
1: Nursing supervisors there when, like, after hours after the managers are not there,
0: there will be gotcha. like
1: a supervisor. Okay. And it goes up the chain, uh, you know, direct assistant, director of nursing, director of nursing. And so that, that everybody, everybody is supposed to be a team. Everybody's supposed to be a team.
0: Okay. Everybody's
1: supposed to be a part of the team. If you if anybody's walking down the hall, be it maintenance, housekeeping, if you see like a, a light on, you're supposed to answer the light. Everybody's supposed to be a
0: part of the team. <laughs> right. Right. To make sure for the, in the best interest of the patient. Correct. Of course. Okay. And so, and, you know, i having my my mom be a nurse for so many years. um, I've always heard many good things about her from people who had been her patients and people who have worked with her. And so I know that, and and I'm hoping that's where I get some of my teamwork spirit from um, is from you, because I've always heard so many good things about, you know, other people who've worked with you. And how have you been able to keep that up Um, over the years? Because we all know that a lot of times in healthcare, you know, just like any other industry, there are a lot of changes. Sometimes they come faster than you can keep up with them. And, you know, sometimes morale morale can become low during these very stressful times of whether it's a a shortage of staff or, you know, new systems, new processes. And um, how have you just been able to keep yourself so positive and so um, always focused on the patient and focused on the overall the overall goal instead of being really wrapped up in some of the things that are just more negative I, I would say.
1: Well you know everybody has good days and bad days. But I I guess it's just me, the way I am, the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. I try to treat everybody like they're my family. You know, I mm-hmm. love what I do. And, you know, I'm there to you know, I'm there for a reason and I'm try I try to do my best. And I would always put myself in a situation, you know, like, you know, if this was me or my family, you know,
0: right?
1: you know, how would I want, you know, to be treated or them to be treated, or even if, I, you know, to cope with my coworkers, like, you know, how do I want my coworkers to be towards me? Right. You know, I, right. I try to treat everybody with, you know, I treat everybody with respect and try to do the best I can. Everybody has their good days and bad days, but you know, you gotta stay positive. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, and that's, and that's great because, you know, like you said, everyone does have their good days and bad days, but if you, especially in healthcare, thinking about everyone as if they're your family, your friends, you know, people that you care about, if, even even if you're meeting them for the first time, if you can just treat people with that genuine level of, of care and empathy and respect, you're, you're able to move forward and, and, and get the job done um, and usually, you know, have the patient Understand that and feel that too, and, and feel like you know while they're paying attention to take care of me. Um, and you know, for for you having worked in in our hometown and and locally, you you've had the situations where we've been there and see our family, you know, having to be taken care of, and and we as a family, you know, needing that um, that yeah. level <laughs> of care and support and, and all of that from nurses and and doctors and things like that. So. Um, we, you know, uh, most people have at least one side of the the experience, but not everyone works in healthcare to understand both sides. Um, so, let me see. What other, if you if you were not in healthcare, if you were not a nurse, what would you be doing? <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs>
1: Well, if I could sing, I would be a singer, but I can't. So (laughs) I don't know what I would be doing. (laughs) Okay. I would love to do.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, we're going to have to get you some singing lessons. (laughs) Never too late. (laughs) What, what, um, what advice would you give, um, a new, and I'm going to keep it to the unit secretaries. I, I know you have, um, a huge book of of, um, advice that you would give to a a new nurse, but I want to know what would you give to a new unit secretary in the position you're in now? Um, Some words of advice. What would you tell them, you know, from your experience being there for as many years as you have and knowing what, you know, what is most helpful to you and and the other members of your team, what advice, uh, one or two pieces of advice would you give them um, as a new unit secretary, unit clerk?
1: Well, I would say stay positive because you're always, you're always going to have to deal with some people who are not so nice, you know, just stay professional, you know, you just got to know what you're supposed to be doing and, you know, to do what you're supposed to do and not get caught up in, you know, the stuff that's not essential.
0: Right. Or like drama, maybe that's the one I was looking for earlier, (laughs) things like that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely want to stay out of that staying positive, being professional, and know what you're doing. So that means you have to pay attention during training. You have to take the notes that you know will help you, uh, so that you're not asking the same questions over and over again. And this is a lot of, you know, a lot of tips that we talk about in the Medical Receptionist Handbook to Success um, because they're they go across they go across the border for for anyone you know in these um, administrative or clerical type of roles in healthcare. It's, it's the same thing. You know, you gotta be positive, you got to be professional, you have to to pay attention, you have to know your, not the industry, but you need to know, you know, your setting. If I'm in the hospital, okay, these are the things that are most important here. Just because I did this for 10 years in a nursing home doesn't mean it's going to be the same when I move into a hospital setting or when I go into a private office to provide care or in a surgery center. So you just have to be familiar. With your setting, your specialty, and know um, what's needed, so that you can, you know, continue, continue to contribute to the team um, in a in a most positive and effective way. So, yeah. you know, do you feel that?
1: Yes, yeah, and be able to communicate.
0: <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. That's like number one communication. Yeah. What is what do you do um, when you have a conflict? at work, um, whether it's with, you know, generally I would say with the staff member, because I like to touch on these things because it's not only receptionists that have issues, sometimes it can be nurses, sometimes it can be physicians, and how do you deal with conflict um, in the workplace?
1: Well, I try to deal with it one-on-one with whoever the conflict is with in a professional manner, but it's that doesn't go too well, then I will go to the next chain of command, be it my
0: unit manager or supervisor, and
1: take it from there. Okay,
0: and that's generally what what most people can do. And generally, you know, you would hope that uh, these matters can be dealt with in you know, a one-on-one basis because a lot of times things happen in the heat of the moment, or there was a misunderstanding. And it may just take a, a, hey, you know, let's let's talk about this. This is what I was trying to do. I hope you understand. Or this is, you know, so-and-so did, shouldn't have said that. I don't expect to hear that again. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and I would hope that you've had success when you have experienced those things, um, you know, different um, conflicts over, over the years. Um, and I don't, I don't think you've had many. You haven't had too many, have you?
1: A few. Just a few.
0: A few, yeah. I mean, that's, that's how I feel about my own career. It's just, it's really not, it's not a bag full, but, you know, it happens. And so that's why we can speak on it because everyone, knows, you know, it's not um, always a cut and dry, cut and dry thing um, in any office or or medical, you know, medical practice setting or, or hospital. So what, on a scale from one to 10, how important is teamwork to you? Oh, 10 plus. Ten plus, yes. We should have it from <laughs> one to a hundred, right? <laughs> <laughs> who has been most influential in your nursing career?
1: My first night, a horrible night, I would say. It was a nurse. I was working with The nurse who didn't usually work the night shift. I was on the night shift at the time, and we were short on the floor, and it was crazy. But the second night, I was like, God, what did I get myself into? The second night, the regular <laughs> was on and it was a whole new world. She was so wonderful. She showed me everything. She broke it down to me, how she starts her night, how she goes about her night, how she does this. She carried a clipboard and from then on, I carried a clipboard and I made lists and checked off and she was just. Wonderful. I mean, I mean, do you want me to say her name? I mean, I don't
0: know. Oh, you're, you're, you can to say her name. Absolutely.
1: I mean, rest in peace. We just lost her um, to cancer, but it was um, Joanne Moran. She was a wonderful uh, registered
0: nurse and we became great friends. And- yes. I remember Joanne and she was wonderful, wonderful. And, and it was many, many years before I realized the impact, um, that she had, you know, on your, your career, and, and I know all you and, and, you know, some of the other nurses that you work with just had such a great uh, camaraderie and really, you know, became so close, you know, and working in this field, and, and a lot of people get to experience that, and I hope that everyone, you know, realizes that, you know, there are bonds that you can you can form, you know, in a professional setting that may last a lifetime, so sometimes it's worth it to you know, reach out, ask people for help, allow someone to mentor you, to assist you, to help you, and then one day you'll be able to return that and be that in that position for someone else.
1: I've had many, many uh, great influences throughout my career though also. So a good coworker, you know, can make a world of difference, too, in how you perceive things and, and go through your career. And <laughs> I try to be that. I've tried to be that to many others. Oh, wonderful. and i and I know you have
0: I know I know you have for sure. And thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mom. I love you. I appreciate you for being on my show. and um, until next time, uh, we will we will talk soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Medical Receptionist Network podcast show. Don't forget to visit our website, medicalreceptionistnetwork.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. If you're looking for a great resource for medical receptionists, make sure you grab your copy of the Medical Receptionist Handbook to Success available on Amazon. Lastly, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, please find us on your favorite podcast player and subscribe today. Until next time, keep being amazing.